All right, all right, all right. This is a Pastor's Newspaper podcast helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. I am Dr. Castro. It's good to be with you. It's been a while, um, but I've been doing other things. As you may have noticed, we have um, started a, a channel, a podcast channel called Partners and Citizens, and we have a few podcasts on there. Um, we have two classes at Central Church. We call them equip classes that we have started recording and posting those on that channel. Uh, one is called a professor in his class. It's a, uh, it's Dr. Allman, Jim Allman, who uh, teaches here at Central. He has a Wednesday night class on the attributes of God. So we've been recording that and posting that uh, for you on that, um, on that podcast and on the Partner and Citizens channel. Um, and I have a church and politics class on Wednesday night as well that I we uh, been recording and posted it on. Um, basically, it's called a a church and politics class, but you can find it on the Partners and Citizens channel. And then we started a sports uh, podcast, me and fellow pastor here at Central, Derek McFarlane, talking about uh, SEC football and SEC culture. We've had some guests on as well um, that are you know involved here at Central and, and who have, um, you know, they're fans of different different teams. And uh, so we've brought them on and hope to have more uh, episodes as the season continues uh, there. And um, so, uh, so I've been kind of doing some things and so, um, but a pastor's newspaper is still, um, uh, we're still doing some episodes and hopefully you caught the last one I did on uh, what's happening at the border and the amount of people who are dying um, um, because they're trying to cross the border. So it's very, very sad. So I want to point you to that episode. Um, but, uh, want to talk, there's a lot of things going on, a lot to happen in the last few days. Um, and, um, while this particular episode is more dedicated to what's going on in the church, not central church, but kind of in Christendom, um, that's primarily what we're going to talk about, um, today. But, um, I do wanted to comment just quickly on what's going on in the, in Congress, um, not sure if you've heard, but Diane, Diane Feinstein, um, longtime Senator of California passed away just recently. She was nine years old. First woman Senator from California, first woman mayor of San Francisco. Um, and, um, she obviously is known as very, very liberal, uh, Democrat. Um, but, um, she is kind of seen as somewhat of a, of a model of, of women statesmen or women, uh, people who have been, um, long-term, um, senators and, um, prominent members of Congress. Um, but I wanted to mention just talking about, uh, Congressman McCarthy, um, from California. He was, he was a speaker of the house, um, but just got ousted the first time in history a sitting speaker of the house was ousted. Um, and he, um, and it had, I mean, it was kind of one of those things. I mean, if we did an episode on this in January that, and I pretty much said that he was kind of on thin ice. Um, his election was, was, was chaos. It took very many, it took several rounds, many rounds to eventually get to him and him being elected as the speaker of the house. Um, Congressman uh, Geitz in, in, in Florida is kind of seen as the kingmaker and king slayer. 
Um, he was the kind of the deciding vote to eventually get him the speakership and then was the prominent vote to oust him just recently. Um, and a lot of it's, it's, it's dealing with the budget. Um, Congress is kind of the threat of a government shutdown is looming. They passed a 40 day, 45 day resolution to extend, um, the current, um, spending limits, uh, of Congress, um, and several of the freedom caucus, which is the kind of the far, not far right. It, it's seen it when we use those terminology, it's, it's kind of a derogatory, but they are the kind of the more conservative side of the, the Republican, um, majority in Congress or in the house. And, um, they were strongly against, um, extending the, the, voting on that 45 day resolution. Um, one of the, the big, they want government uh, spending to be cut. Um, and that's, they're kind of drawing a line in the sand. And then one of the, actually one of the issues is the Ukraine war. They want to withdraw some of the aid that the U S is giving to Ukraine as, as one of these, these cuts. And, um, and so that's kind of one of the, one of the issues and, and McCarthy negotiated and compromised with Democrats on this 45 day resolution. And, um, and guys kind of use that as his kind of like the, the red line, he's crossed the red line and, and therefore is a, you know, kind of basically, um, um, voted to, to remove him from his speakership. So it's now vacant. Do they have an, an, an interim, um, and I don't, I don't have his name off the top of my head right now, but, um, he is the, um, there's an interim speaker. And so they have to vote on a new speaker before they can vote on, um, a new financial, uh, or a new spending, um, limit to increase that, that limit or to, ex- to extend past the 45 days of the current spending limit. So there's a, there's a lot of turmoil. Democrats actually went along with it and voted to oust them as well because they wanted to, in some ways, they favor kind of Republican chaos and showing that the, the, US, the American people, that the Republicans can't lead. They can't lead as a majority party. Um, and so it's kind of a moratorium on their leadership. Um, and so I, I think, and I don't want to, again, I'm not going to spend a lot of the, this time talking about that. We could talk about that in a different episode, but, um, one of the issues I think Republicans have right now is they are leaderless. Um, there's a lot of fractions within the party. Um, and when you have a difficulties, when you are the majority party, you kind of have to have a vision together to accomplish anything as the majority. Um, and when you're fractured and different groups are doing what's trying to do things in their best interests for the, for themselves and, and try to solve their own agenda that doesn't necessarily fit the entire party's agenda. You have what you're having now. And, um, I think the Republicans are, they are leaderless and it'll, and I think f- even though I believe that president Biden is vulnerable, um, losing in 2024, um, I think one of the, one of the, it's going to be difficult. It's always difficult to beat a sitting president. Um, and it's not an easy task, um, for a challenger to defeat, um, 
a sitting president. So if Republicans are going to win back the White House and beat Biden in 2024, they're going to have to be united behind, behind one candidate, behind one leader to push the Republican vision to the people. Because they're not just voting on a man, they're voting on a, a vision. Um, and because the hope is, is that the Republicans would win the White House and win back Congress. They would continue to, to build on their majority in the House, but also win back the Senate. And be able to accomplish that, they're going to have to have a common vision. And that's one of the things Republicans are struggling with. And I think they have struggled with that for a while because I think there's so many fractions within the party. And, and I, I, I do believe that Trump was not the president. Trump wasn't the greatest um, party leader and, and didn't really state a, a common vision for the party to kind of follow behind. Um, and so is, President Trump going to be that leader um, and that wins back the White House and kind of sets a vision or is it going to be another candidate? And will that candidate be able to um, give and organize and consolidate leadership to be able to lead the party? Uh, I think that is going to be the big question going into the primaries and going into 2024. So, um, not going to take up all our time talking about that, but that is kind of the, the big issue going on right now in, in the U S government in Congress in Washington and amongst uh, conservatives. I want to talk about something that has nothing to do with politics. Um, it does kind of deal a little bit with identity politics, especially transgenderism and, and homosexuality and LGBTQ agenda, but uh, from a different angle, um, from the kind of in the church angle and an issue that maybe you're not aware of um, that's been kind of festering this week is Andy Stanley. Um, A lot of people know uh, Andy Stanley's father who passed away not too long ago, but Charles Stanley, who is the prominent SBC um, uh, pastor in the Atlanta area uh, was president of the SBC in the eighties at a very critical moment in the bapt in history of the Southern Baptist in America. And, um, and so, but his son, Andy has been a prominent, um, pastor in the Atlanta area as well at North point church. And it's not a Southern Baptist church. It's a non-denominational church, but has a lot of different campuses around the Atlanta area. And Andy has been a prominent, uh, speaker at conferences. Um, he had a conference that he was a part of called catalyst conference. That was very popular that, um, me and my wife attended because we had um, friends who were a part of the conference. And so we would, were, we would attend um, and he would, you know, he was one of the main speakers that he spoke more than once uh, during this. Uh, and it was in his backyard. I mean, it wasn't at his church, but it was in the area that he's pastors and serves. Um, and he was kind of seen as the main leader of that, of that conference and of that movement. He's seen as somewhat of a church leadership guru and has written books on leadership and on other issues. Um, so he's a prominent writer, a prominent speaker, um, and has been a huge kind of influence and force in, in the American church, in the evangelical uh, church. Um, so he's seen as seen in the past as, as a, you know, he's Protestant, he's evangelical, but he can be at times a bit controversial. Um, he, he kind of chips at the, at the line, um, and questions certain things that for most people in the evangelical movement is, you know, it's like a 
like, why are you raising this issue? Why are you um, testing this issue? Um, and he just has always kind of been that that person. Uh, recently, year, a few years ago, I think in 2018, he wrote a book um, basically um, basically denouncing the Old Testament as any value for Christians in the church. Um, not to say that the stories are to be ignored completely, but that uh, the, the Old Testament presents in some ways a a vengeful God. And then we need to focus more on the new Testament where we see the God of love. It's, it's that common um, false, false view of the Bible that kind of uh, puts at war, the old and the new Testament. Um, and so he kind of uh, fed into that um, in 2018. And so he, um, he kind of raised this, this issue that he was, not a, uh, a strong, um, supporter of the Bible that he, um, that he, while he is a preacher and he teaches the Bible, he picks and chooses what he wants to teach and preach. He doesn't preach the whole Bible. And he actually even puts parts of the Bible, uh, against other parts of the Bible. So that kind of, you know, that kind of set the red flag, uh, signal about Andy Stanley several years ago. Well, Recently, um, he was um, hosting a a conference. He was a speaker at a conference called Unconditional, and this conference was actually hosted at his church um, in Alpharetta, Georgia. And it's a, uh, I guess they had. I don't know if he instrument if he started this or someone in his church started this, but his short church supports a ministry called embracing the journey, uh, which is its stated goal is to support church parents and their gay and transgender children from what they call the quieter middle space. And he was a speaker at this conference. It was hosted by his church. Um, and, and so obviously he has a lot to say on what happens in this conference. And they had, um, a, a, a homosexual couple, uh, that I guess are in their church who were speakers at this conference. And it raised a ton uh, of smoke and it caused a, a kind of a huge issue because it's, it's basically uh, visibly um, demonstrating that Andy Stanley and his church, North Point supports some same sex marriage. Um, and doesn't um, affirm the biblical view that same-sex um, homosexuality is a sin, and it's not marriage. It's It goes against God's definition of marriage. God is the creator of marriage. God defines marriage between a man and a woman. Uh, homosexuality is in opposition to that definition. It's an antithesis, antithesis to that definition. Um, and Andy Stanley, being the pastor of North Point Church, supports the antithesis, the antithesis, not the definition, the biblical definition, that of marriage. And so my former president of of, of you know, the, the seminary that I went to, uh, or he's not the former, he's the current president of Southern Seminary where I was a former student of, uh, actually spoke against Andy Stanley's uh, conf- the conference and his um, ha- speaking at this conference, hosting this conference, and also having a same-sex couple, a married, a, a, a same-sex married, married couple speak at this conference. 
And um, so Dr. Moeller, Al, Al Moeller spoke against this. He, he, he spoke against um, the inclusion of this couple in this and, um, and basically wrote that Stanley was departing from biblical Christianity. Well, uh, on Sunday morning, this past Sunday morning, uh, Andy Stanley spoke um, publicly about um, Dr. Moeller, Al Moeller's criticism of, of Andy Stanley's church in the conference. And Andy Stanley said this, he went on record and he said, I have never subscribed to his version, Al Moeller's version of biblical Christianity to begin with. He said his version, this version of biblical Christianity is why people are leaving Christianity, Christianity unnecessarily. Stanley continued to say that Moeller's version of biblical Christianity uh, creates divisive lines drawn to keep people who experience same-sex attraction and transgender um, ind- indication out of the church, whereas Jesus draws circles to include them. Um, Moeller then responded, indeed, Jesus did draw circles, but at the same time, Jesus drew many lines. He drew lines between the sheep and the goats with eternal significance. The question is where, where we faithfully draw the line, simply saying that it's conservative, fundamental evangelicals who draw lines. Jesus draws circles. That's not good enough. And so there's just kind of this back and forth. And so Stanley, again, on Sunday morning, talking to his church, uh, continues to say, well, you know, people like Moeller are drawing lines. Jesus drew circles. He didn't draw lines. And Stanley is saying that we're following the tradition of Christ. We don't, we draw circles. We want to include everyone in to the church. Um, And he's, he is actually confident in their their methods. He believes that their methods are biblical. Uh, He believes their marriage, their, 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 methods are God honoring and, and reflects the methods of Christ. And he even says like, I'll just read this. He says, this is Stanley. He said, you shouldn't be criticizing us. You should come and learn from us. Talking about telling Moeller, Moeller should come and learn how they uh, treat and love those of the LGBTQ community. They asked God to change them and God did not answer that prayer. Basically saying that God doesn't answer uh, the prayers of I, I desire to to change. Um, I, I desire to be have victory over this sin, um, but yet God doesn't answer that prayer. He says, and now they feel confident with their small group leaders in church. We are restoring relationships, and we are literally saving lives. I I, I caught that last sentence where, and I get this is gets into where I think Stanley really loses it in my, in my opinion is that he puts, he gives himself so much credit um, on this and he makes himself in some ways the, which one of the criticisms that I have for the Catholic church is that the leadership in the church, especially the Pope um, defined and interpret for the church. What is biblical doctrine? And he's doing the same thing for North point church. And others who follow Andy Stanley in his in his ministry, that I believe that the Bible, in my opinion, does not draw lines when it comes to same sex marriage. Instead, it draws only circles to include 
And because we follow that, we should be credited as saving lives. Well, number one, God's the one that saves lives. God's the one that transforms lives through his spirit, not you, Andy Stanley, right? The church and and pastors and, and leaders in the church are instruments in the hands of the Lord, but we do not deserve any credit for trans- saving lives. Christ Jesus saves lives and God applies that salvation, implies that transformative power by through by his Holy Spirit. So I have a problem with, with Andy Stanley's giving himself so much credit, but also I think Andy Stanley's biggest problem is, is that he's so pragmatic that you really don't know what he believes on some of these areas. I mean, he, he, he kind of never really addresses the issues in the conference. Um, there was a, a speaker of, uh, an author of stand to reason, um, Alan, uh, Shimlom, S H L E M O N who attended the, the conference, the unconditional conference. And he, uh, had an interview with Biola, Biola professor, Sean McDowell. And he said, yeah, some of the breakouts in the conference were helpful. They were beneficial. However, um, they over, they're overshadowed by the ministry's divorce from biblical theology and lacking in repentance from homosexual sin. This is the Shimlom, Shil, this is uh, Alan Shalom, Shalom, I can I pronounce his name, S-H-L-E-M-O-N. Shilamom, Shilamom, Alan Shilamom. They haven't even addressed the fundamental questions like what is sex? What is marriage? They're not addressing these fundamental questions because they don't believe these questions are fundamental to the conference. If I wanted to quietly mainstream pro-gay theology and transgender the- ideology into into the evangelical church, I would build this conference. And what he's criticizing is, is that they're not dealing with any fundamental questions. It's almost like they're just giving piffy counseling and and, and these type of, of inclusive uh, talks and language, but not really dealing with any of the actual meat questions that that are weighty, like what is biblical sex? What is biblical marriage? You know, and, and answering it from scripture, because if you go to scripture and you look at God's word, the answers are quite clear what biblical sex is and what biblical marriage is. Uh, Biblical sex is uh, between a man and a woman within the context of marriage um, marriage is between a man and a woman who have committed themselves and 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 have made a commitment that they would be um, loyal to one another. They're 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 promising that they are going to unite and be one flesh uh, to glorify the Lord um, and to be committed only to one another. Um, and that's why open marriages, where you basically are, there's a polygamous um, understanding that. Basically, people get free passes and they can go have sex with whoever they want, right? Um, but yet they're still married is against God's word. It's not biblical sex. It's not in the context of marriage. Um, and so, like, these are, these are, I mean, these are pretty clear. You can find these in scripture. Um, and so why, why do they not talk about that? Especially if you're encouraging Christian parents to be able to communicate with their children who are um, struggling with uh, same-sex attraction or gender fluidity, all these different um, uh, 
um, these issues that we have talked about on this podcast, you go back to the text, you go back to scripture, right? You look at the Bible um, and the Bible clearly draws lines um, on what is, what is righteous and what is wicked, what is good and what is evil, what is God honoring, and what is not God honoring. Um, the Old Testament does this and so does the new and so does Jesus. Um, as Dr. Moeller, L. Moeller mentions that Jesus quite often drew lines and he said that there are sheep and goats, right? There's trees that produce good fruit and there's trees that produce bad fruit. And those who produce bad, bad, bad fruit should be cut down and thrown in the fire, right? There's a judgment that's going to come and there's going to be a harvest. And if you are, um, if you are a bad tree, you will be judged. Like those are lines, not circles. And so I'm not sure what Bible that Andy Stanley is reading. Um, and so he even, you know, Stanley continues to say that um, he kind of, while he's kind of doesn't really say to his church uh, publicly what his view is on same-sex marriage, he kind of skirts the issue. But there's smoke, right? There's a, a conference that is affirming same-sex marriage. Uh, there were there were speakers at the conference who are in same-sex marriages. I mean, isn't that by definition affirmation, but he's not publicly affirming it, but he's not publicly denying it either. Um, but he even says kind of pointly, he says that the, the gay attenders in our church, basically he says, they know that marriage is between a man and a woman and that sex should be saved for marriage. Oh, they know this, but he says it's, they, 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 they want to be God honoring. They want to have celibacy, but it's unsustainable. It's impossible. It's impossible to be celibate as someone who has game, uh, same sex attraction. Um, it's not sustainable. They want to have love. They want to have, um, um, they want to be in a committed relationship. Um, they want to be, um, intimate with someone else. And so because they want these things and these things are good things and because they're attracted to the same sex, we should allow them and affirm that they can get married, that they can marry someone from the same sex and not call it sin and not call it wrong. And that you can be a Christian involved in the church and be in a same sex marriage. And that's okay. And so he kind of he creates this confusion by saying, yeah, yeah, I believe that, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. And I believe that sex should be in the context of marriage. However, because there are people who are same, they're attracted to the same sex and because they want love and they want intimacy. Well, I think we should allow them to get married. And so it's great. Well, what do you believe then? Those, those both can't be true. You can't be a supporter of A and also a supporter of non-A. <laughs> you, you can't. It's that's that's illogical. It's a it's a um, it's a contradiction. And so, Dr. Moeller is calling him out as you are you are a walking contradiction. You are speaking out of both sides of your mouth to your church, and he's calling him out. And and so instead of dealing with the issue, Stanley basically skirts the issue and says, well, Dr. Moeller, you are a line drawler and we are, we draw circles. 
and Jesus drew circles and didn't draw a line. So you're against Jesus and we are, we are followers of Jesus. So we're in the right, you're in the wrong. And, and you're the one that should come to us and learn from us. What Dr. Mueller is telling uh, Stanley is no, you need to go back to the scriptures, brother. If you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself a follower of Christ. You must go back to the book. You must go back to the word. That should guide you and lead you, not your pragmatism and not your desire to be um, to be a, a church that um, has this this identity as an acceptor of all of everyone. Because the the because Christianity, Christ doesn't accept everyone. There is a condition, and that condition is faith in Christ. You have to put your faith in Christ to be a part of the church, to be a part of the kingdom. And to be a part of the kingdom is to recognize that there is one Lord and there's one authority. And we identify with that authority. We follow that authority and we obey that authority. And Andy Stanley is saying, no, 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 no. We, um, anyone's allowed to come into the kingdom. You don't even have to put your faith in Christ. You can come into the kingdom and you could be a, a, a part of the church. When I say a part of the church, I'm not meaning you're not allowed to come to the worship. I mean, like you are a member of the church. You're identified as a brother or sister, a part of the body of Christ. To be a part of the body of the Christ that's head is Christ is you have to have faith and trust in Christ. You have to have salvation in Christ. To take of the Lord's supper, you have to affirm that Jesus is Lord and he is King and he is uh, he is Christ, the son of the living God. And he died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven is the right hand of the father. And it's the great high priest. And he's coming again to bring, to reconcile all things to himself. Like you have to believe that to be a part of the church, be a member of the church. So there is lines. Now that offer is for everyone. You know, you could be, white, black, you could be Hispanic, Asian, uh, you could be from the Middle East, you could be from Africa, you can be from, from Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Russia, Australia, North America, Latin America, wherever you, wherever you live or where you're from, whatever language you speak, whatever skin color you have, that offer is for everyone, but it is conditioned on faith in Christ. And doesn't matter how rich you are, no matter how poor you are, doesn't matter if your daddy was a preacher or not a preacher, doesn't matter if your dad was in jail or not in jail, you can be forgiven and saved by Christ and be welcome into his kingdom and be a part of the church. That that is a circle, but the line that Stanley is ignoring is that if you don't accept Christ, you're not a part of the kingdom. You're not a part of the kingdom. And I'll say this. If you struggle with same-sex attraction, salvation is for you as well. And I believe that celibacy is the proper path for you. And I believe through the, by the Holy Spirit, with discipleship, with, with faith and trust in the Word of God, with prayer, with Christian fellowship, and the teaching of the Word and other means of grace that God has provided, that the spirit uses and works through our lives to sanctify us. It is possible. It is possible. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's not difficult and challenging. I mean, being a, a Christian male, it's hard to, to not lust. It's hard to be above reproach. 
in the areas of your life. It's difficult. The Christian life is difficult. Victory over sin is difficult. Battling the flesh is difficult, but we have resources. We have heavenly resources to fight that battle. And hence the importance of being a part of the church. And so if you're listening to this and you struggle with same sex attraction, have a community of believers who are praying for you that you're honest with, that you're open with knowing that homosexuality is a sin. So is adultery. That is a sin as well. Lust is a sin as well. Looking at pornography is a sin as well. We must repent of all these sins and pursue holiness because our, our God is holy. We shall be holy. We are a part of the holy people of God. Therefore, we should be holy. And, and as Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I commanded you, that they may be obedient to my word, which is fighting sin, because we are light in the world. We are salt and pointing people to Christ. We have to be holy people because our God is holy. And so um, this is, you know, the sad thing of all of this is that, you know, North Point Church, North Point Community Church in Atlanta has been a very successful church, you know, in the world, in the eyes of the world. I mean, it has high attendance. A lot of people are involved in this church and there are probably, there are some good godly people, people that have been discipled by that church, people that have been, that have been, um, the gospel has been shared uh, through that church and God's used that church uh, to expand his kingdom. Um, but this is a sad, this is a sad day because it seems that the trajectory of Andy Stanley is is moving away from an orthodox Christianity, biblical Christianity. That's why Mueller is writing this article. It's a it's a it's a warning to Andy Stanley to repent and go back to the book, go back to scripture to be his guide and not pragmatism and not to be celebrated by the masses, um, but to be a faithful s- servant of Christ and His Word. And pray for Andy Stanley that he would do that and lead North Point Community Church to be a biblical, faithful church to the word, to Christ. Or that Andy Stanley would realize that he has made a grave error and that it's best for North Point Church that he stepped down from his leadership and from his, his, his office of pastor and trust that North Point, trust North Point to the hands of the Lord. Christ is the king of North Point Community Church, not Andy Stanley. And so, uh, and if he continues to be, which seems to be uh, moving towards being a false teacher, that God will remove him from that position. So he would no longer deceive others. So that's what's going on in, in Protestant evangelical world. Well, let me move at, here at the end to what's going on with the Catholic church. Um, there's an upcoming synod. It's um, it's kind of a meeting of, of bishops, uh, 450 bishops and other clergy uh, are coming together. It's not enough. It's not something that has any type of, it's not like a council that you see with the council of Nicaea or council of Chalcedon or the Vatican one and two in the sixties, some kind of really official formal meeting that has impact on the doctrine of the church. Um, but this is an important um, gathering of the leadership of the Catholic church. Um, and Francis uh, made a comment um, in preparation 
They, they, actually, this this thing started yesterday on October the fourth, um, and they want to cover some kind of hot button topics like women's roles in the church, decision making, uh, clergy sexual abuse, and the inclusion of LGBTQ Catholics in the celibacy of priests. Um, and they've kind of that these topics were kind of determined over a two year period. It's not a decision-making body, but the participants will discuss and vote on proposals and concerns to then present to Francis, who will release a concluding document um, later on in the year. And one of the things that Pope Francis said was that they need to find a way to, it's almost very similar to what Andy Stanley is, is doing. It's kind of pragmatism. It's, how do we include everyone, everyone, everyone into the church? And it created this, it raised the issue within the church about LGBTQ and the church's embracing of, of those, of those lifestyles. Um, And if the church is officially going to accept and affirm it and not, you know, what the Catholic church has historically viewed it as, is a sin, right? A sin against God. Um, And Francis even said that, you know, ideology has no place in the Synod, that um, uh, talking about dogmatic things has no place in the Synod, um, and that they should focus more on how to, again, draw circles and not lines. Um, and this is created a stir because it's, it kind of paints the, the view of who Francis is, that he is very liberal um, and that his views on, on social matters are not um, according to church doctrine and according to the Bible. Um and leading the church astray. Um, and there are some, especially some conservative Catholic bishops, especially in the United States, that are very concerned. Uh, one is uh, the American Cardinal Raymond Burke um, and others who have a major issue with this um, and to a point where they you know, don't serve the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, to those who are openly gay or openly in favor of um, gay issues or LGBTQ issues. Um, and so it's kind of this Senate is, is, is kind of this, this, this big meeting where these issues will be brought up and what is the, the church's stance in the future on LGBTQ issues, on sexual ethics. Um, are they going to affirm um you know, gay clergy? Are they going to uh, basically say that homosexuality is no longer a sin um, and basically allow them into the church and give them the Eucharist and all these other matters? Um, this is a kind of the, it, this synod it, is going to bring up these questions. Uh, and it seems like Pope Francis doesn't want to go there. He wants the church to broaden its, its, its walls and, and draw bigger circles and, and gather more people. That seems like his biggest concern. And, and so you see this common theme 
running not only in the Protestant church, but in the Catholic church by of, of, of who's going to win the day. The, the circle drawlers are the, are the dogmatic line drawlers. Um, and with, and so you have Pope Francis and Andy Stanley on this side saying, you know, we need to draw bigger circles and invite more people in. And you have the others like the Al Mollers and the Raymond Burks of the world who just want to draw lines. And that is kind of where this, we are in, in the church right now. Um, and, and I think the biggest, the biggest crime here is again, a rejection of, of biblical Christianity. What is, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, someone who, who follows Christ and lives according to his word. And if you don't do that, if you openly oppose certain things in scripture and say, well, I'm not going to follow that. I'll follow these things only. Well, you're not following the teachings of Christ and therefore are living opposed to scripture and opposed to King Jesus. And the church is responsible to bind and loosen. We have been given the keys of the kingdom. It is our role and our responsibility to draw lines and to um, guard those and protect those lines that God has drawn. And we see in scripture quite clearly, certain lines have been drawn and it is our role not to erase those lines. We have to do that. And if we don't, we are, we are, misusing the authority God has given us. And there is judgment coming on those who misuse God's authority. Um, And we should be aware if we flirt with that. And again, the gospel of Jesus Christ is universal. It's for all men and women, for young and old, for poor and rich, for slave and free, from every nation, tongue, and race. It's for everyone, but you must trust Christ to receive it. And then when you are a Christian, you must follow King Jesus. And that's why Jesus said, like, you must love me before you more than you love your family. You must love me more than your responsibilities to bury your father, as he says. He's not saying that you don't go bury your father. He's saying, I'm more important. I'm more important. I make the rules. I am the king. I am the Lord. I'm the authority over the church. You don't get to make the rules. You don't get to draw circles where I have drawn lines. You don't have that authority. You do. I have given you the authority to proclaim my message to the world. I have given you the authority to, to organize and to defend and protect and pursue holiness. I have given you the authority to excommunicate members of the church. You denounce God's word or live opposed to God's word. Um, what we see with the council of Nicaea, what we see with some of the other councils in church history, when the church came together and agreed upon, this is, According to scripture, this is who God is, the the Trinitarian God. This is who Jesus is. He is truly God and truly man. That's the church binding and loosening. And God has has given the church that authority, but it has not given it the authority to say, yeah, but 
I mean, it's kind of impossible to live as as someone who deals with same sex attraction, and we should just let them get married and and be in in happy gay marriages. I know the Bible says opposite, but I mean, that's a line that needs to be erased. We don't have that authority to do that. We do not have that authority to do that. Um, and I think it's important right now for the church and leaders in the church to really focus their people on knowing scripture and knowing it well, living by it, praying regularly together as a church, that they would stand on the word of God alone, that leaders in the church, pastors, elders, deacons, uh, ministry leaders and staff would come together to pray that they would stand faithful to the word and they would not fall into pragmatism for the sake of growth. And that's really what Francis and Stanley are wanting. They want more people in the church and they're willing to erase lines to be more inclusive. And God doesn't need our help. Christ does not need our help to expand his kingdom. He chooses to allow us to be a part of his work. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us to start, you know, cleaning it up a bit for the sake of other people not wanting people being able to accept it so that for the sake of expanding it and growing it, God doesn't need us to do that. God hasn't called us to do that. He's called us to proclaim the truth clearly and boldly and without compromise and to love and to show compassion and kindness to people in the midst of that. I agree with Stanley. We need to love people. We need to love people who are dealing with same sex attraction. We need to love people who are dealing with gender dysphobia and gender fluidity. We need to point them to Christ, the great, the great healer, the great physician. Uh, we need to point them to the, to the, to Christ and you point them to the, the, the life giving word, but we don't need it to, um, to, to be soft upon to the issue of sin and say, ah, oh, you don't need to repent. Ah, oh, you don't need to be holy in this area. As I, you, don't, you don't have to worry about that. You are who you are. Embrace who you are. And we affirm the decisions you have to make because of who you are. And that's how we're going to do church. That's wrong and should be told. And I, I, I am appreciative of, of Dr. Moeller and his boldness and his, his conviction, his leadership and his willingness to speak out when others probably wouldn't. And um, so Hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully this has been in, in, in insightful for you about what's going on in, in the church right now. And um, uh, hope to have more uh, issues, more conversations about events going on in the news. Um, this has been a pastor in his newspaper. I am Dr. Castro. Keep reading the news with the Bible in your hand. We'll-